Hello again. I am the Gnarly Gnome. This is Cincy Brewcast, and we are live. Well, we're recording live. I don't know how to say that, but um, we're kind of, we're live. You're not live. Uh, we're at West Side Brewing on the West Side. We're venturing over here into what used to be a beer desert for a very long time. Uh, had a little glimmer of hope that a brewery was here, and then they left and moved to the other side. Like the traders that uh, everybody that lives over here thinks they are. And once again, beer flows on the west side of Cincinnati. Um, I've got a whole table of guests here. So um, let's run around one at a time. Everybody introduce yourself so people can hear your voice, um, know who they're listening to. I'm Colin Foy. I'm the head brewer. I'm Joe Mumper. I'm one of the co-owners, and I'm the president of the brewery. I'm Jim Ramo. I'm one of the co-owners and vice president of uh, the brewery. I am James Riley, and I'm kind of a jack-of-all-trades, do whatever they tell me to. (laughs) (laughs) I'm Curtis Ramo. I'm one of the co-owners and uh, vice president of the brewery. Fantastic. So I don't know if you guys have ever listened to the show. We started off like any proper beer podcast would start off, and we drink beer. We call it From the Beer Fridge. (laughs) It used to be from an actual beer fridge in our studio. Now that we're on location, it's from the beer tap. But um, you guys have been absolutely wonderful in getting me a sampler here of four of your beers. Um, where should we start on this? Tell me. Uh, I don't know which one's which off the top of my head. So, um. Let's just start with the common ale. It's, it's our most approachable beer. Uh, so, it, yep, that's the one. Yep, so it's uh, uh, blonde in color. Uh, Maybe a little bit fruity on the nose, but pretty crisp, uh, kind of crackery malt flavor, real crisp finish. Uh, one thing that we'll kind of get back to is we're talking about all the beers. One of our overarching goals with the beers here is to brew them true to style. Um, so we're, we're pretty much always trying to hit the style guidelines for whatever we're, we're making and uh, brew beers that are real drinkable. So we want people to come in and be able to have a few pints and enjoy themselves and then be able to go home and get on with the rest of their day, drive home without any problems. So. Is, is there also a little bit to the whole, and I, I hate the term gateway beer, but I've, I've heard a lot of people say that, that people that live on the west side of Cincinnati don't drink craft beer, and whether or not that's true is definitely uh, <laughs> um, something that I could debate with those people quite a bit, but is that part of what this the, the drinkable kind of theme to what you guys do is to kind of get some of these people that live around here that may not necessarily be craft beer drinkers in? Yeah, I think so. I think you're right. So all of our beers are approachable. Um, and I've talked to other breweries, other brewers at, at uh, breweries, and, you know, there's always a handful of people come in the tap room and say, give me something that tastes like Bud Light. And so our common ale doesn't... Or uh, give it, me a Bud Light. Give me a Bud Light. <laughs> yeah, right. And so our, our common ale isn't Bud Light. Um, but if someone likes Bud Light... Uh, and that's their, their drink of choice, their best chance uh, of, of uh, our beers is a common ale. It's very, well, it's, very approachable. Um, it's, it's not uh, overly hoppy or dark. Or it's real nice. It's, it's, uh, it's definitely clean and light like a, uh, like a lager would be, but it does have some of that, that fruitiness from the, from the yeast in there. Um, is this a California common? Is that the style, or is it just no, common we, ale? Yeah, it's just common ale. Uh, we use our normal... Uh, American ale yeast on it, so it's not like we're using the Calcommon yeast. Right. Um, it's, it's fantastic. It's uh, it's 
probably on any given night, it's probably going to be the first, unless you guys have a Pilsner on or something like that, which <laughs> just, uh, just kicked our Pilsner. Yeah. <laughs> um, would probably be the first one that I would typically kind of reach for. Let the palate kind of ease into uh, the, uh, the the night and that kind of stuff. But it's a great beer, and I I wish that some of the more um, quote unquote experienced craft beer drinkers would not shy away from lighter styles. I feel like uh, Pilsners and, and a common ale like this sometimes get a bad rap as a quote-unquote gateway beer, and people kind of move past it. They go, oh, I don't need a gateway beer. I've been drinking craft beer for X amount of years. I don't need that stuff. I, I, I wish people wouldn't do that because beers like this are fantastic. I, I love them. Yeah, and I, I think you'll find that you know, if you talk to a lot of brewers that have been in the industry for a while, when they go home, they're they're reaching for a pilsner, or you know, something they can have a couple of right. and and just real real clean on the palate and just enjoyable to drink and just have two or three and, and two or three or, or more. <laughs> it depends on the day of the week, I guess. <laughs> so what's next? Uh, next up, why don't we move to the Scottish ale? It's directly opposite. So again, this isn't this isn't a Scotch ale, right? It's not like an eight or nine percent monster. Um, most most of our beers, you know, we we do bigger beers, but a lot of our beers will clock in between like four and a half and six percent alcohol. Um, so the the Scottish is right in that wheelhouse, uh, a deep, malty kind of round malty flavor to it. Um, a little bit of earthiness on the aroma. We actually throw some uh, some clover honey. Uh, and right at the end of the boil, um, so a little bit of earthiness yeah. on the aroma from that and the uh, the hops. But again, you know, deep multi flavor and then a nice clean drinkable finish. There's a nice um, nice roasty kind of breadiness to it. I mean, it's you know anybody who's had Scottish ales kind of know that that multi side of things, which again is another one of those uh, style things that I feel like people shy away from sometimes. Everybody wants the next big IPA or double IPA or whatever it is and that's where they, they walk in and that's straight where they go to on the board. And um, There's so much flavor going on in this and it doesn't wreck your palate before you have a chance to kind of taste a few different things. It, it leaves some room for you. What's the ABV yeah. on this? Uh, this one's... It's um, just over five I believe on this batch. Yeah. So, so right at that point, you could have a couple of them, and not. not. Yeah. Yeah, definitely, you can have a few of them. Um, the this beer is actually a designed recipe with uh, collaboration with a few uh, individuals from Mount St. Joe uh, as part of their Brew 101 course. Right, right, right. right. Um, that we started, or that they started a, a few years back. Um, I was part of that course just to learn a little bit more about the whole process, and this was our uh, our class project, if you will. It's fantastic. I hope you got an A. Uh, yeah, well, I, I audited, so I didn't actually get graded. But, yeah, it's, it, it worked out well. It's really good. This I'm excited to see how this one warms up, too, because even just in a few minutes it's been sitting here and I've been kind of sipping at it. I'm starting to get some other flavors that uh, that I didn't get right off the bat. So that's a fun one. Um, yeah. And yeah. Yeah, this was actually uh, one of the beers. Uh, I, I brought a bunch of beers to our Christmas party for our uh, were the other job that I, I do, and uh, it was one of the favorite beers uh, out of all the all the beers that I brought. So it's good. It um it I I wish that more places would would focus on some multi styles like this and things that uh, that show this other side of beer. I feel like it 
as time goes on, as you drink some some maltier beers like this, it almost gives you more of an appreciation for the hoppier stuff too, and it helps you find some of those malt flavors in there that, that you know I feel like. A lot of craft beer drinkers, as they're starting out, you know, you go from the Bud Light, and maybe you, you know, toy around with these, uh, you know, gateway beers a couple times, and then you jump into the IPAs. With, you know, once you taste it, it just it shifts something in your brain, and, and then it's bigger and bigger and bigger, and there's, there's, you miss that middle ground, and then later to go back to it, it's fun. We, we've also found with this beer, it, it appeals a lot, uh, it's, a, it's a gateway beer, like you mentioned, to a non-craft beer drinker. But it also hits the other end of the spectrum. So the, the craft beer enthusiast who's maybe hopped out a little bit now and, and wants to try, uh, you know, something, a, a true-to-style beer that's brewed very well, that's not just another IPA. So we, we found that this hits at both ends of the, of the spectrum. There's, there's a lot of different flavors going on in there that I think um, kind of any, any food nut, which, I mean, who isn't, uh, would, would, would appreciate What's next? Uh, next, let's go on to the Holiday Ale, because once we go to the double IPA, we're, we're not coming back, probably. <laughs> Which one? Is this the Holiday Ale? Yeah. Yes, yeah, that's so this is the Holiday Ale. We haven't actually released this yet. This is just the pilot batch. So for this one, I was going for a lot of, uh, a lot of layered crystal malt flavors um, for some kind of supporting sweetness in the beer, and then it's spiced with... Uh, with ginger, cinnamon, and sweet orange peel. And I used a little bit of galaxy hops right at the end to add some fruitiness to kind of go with the crystal malt sweetness. So I know fruitcake gets a bad rap, but I was kind of going for fruitcake. No, but it's that's nice, though, because it's not... There's a lot of Christmas beers or holiday beers that get a whole bunch of spice, and that's all that you taste, and it's done really well in here. It's It's, it's light, but it's still there. I feel like... This is one that even if you tapped it in July, I feel like people would still drink and <laughs> not 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 get upset that it's a uh, one of those in your face big you know spice bombs. It's 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 good. It's it's again it's it's nice. It's drinkable. It's approachable. It's it's all of those fun buzzwords that um, I don't actually understand what it even means. <laughs> it's just it's it's one of those beers that um, it doesn't. It doesn't blow your your palate out when you're sitting there drinking it. It's and this one, like I said, this is a pilot batch. Uh, it came out to uh, like just under six percent ABV. Uh, yeah, I think it was actually five five. It was it was targeting just under six, but a little higher higher final gravity. Uh, so for the production batch, oh, might might bump it up a little bit just so you get more of that kind of winter warmer type. Uh, type feel to it but I, I like it like this I, I love that you almost and, and again as it warms up I'm sure it's going to shift and change on mm-hmm. me but um, it, it fits in very well with the the other beers that, that I've tried so far where it's it's getting real approachable yeah. you know you could you could hand it to your grandpa and he would drink it and be okay with it even though he's been drinking you know Miller Lite for the last however many years yeah we found so far as it, as it as it warms up the spice recedes a little bit and the fruitiness comes a little bit more forward uh, so I feel like you could put it in front of somebody and they they get some of those spice flavors but may not necessarily be able to pick out oh yeah that's cinnamon or that's mm-hmm. ginger or whatever it may be and then as you kind of start to, to talk about it and, and, and everybody kind of starts adding their opinions then 
um, some of those flavors all of a sudden it pops for you. Like, oh my god, that's what I'm tasting. Oh, I, yeah, I, I get orange. You know, it's right as you work your way through that 16 ounces. Right. right. That's, that's the goal. That's the goal with a lot of our beers is to to put someone in front of that they can have a you know full 16 ounces and then get another one and uh, you know and that's that's not just for you know kind of the, the approachable things but the, I mean those are the types of beers that I like to drink right personally. So let's talk about the next one, which uh, may not be a multiple 16-ouncer. <laughs> I said it depends on the day of the week. <laughs> the, the double IPA, the second version of the double IPA, is that right? Yeah, and for this one, so the, the first batch of double IPA we brewed, uh, again, we made it super balanced. Um, so it had a fair dose of, of crystal malt in there. Um, and for this one, I kind of wanted to go the complete opposite direction. So pretty much just all just straight two row. Um, and then I didn't want to go with a super, super tropical fruit bomb, like is kind of in vogue. Um, I wanted to make sure that there was some pine and some dankness in there. So it's a uh, Galaxy Simcoe Columbus. So I get um, a little bit of that kind of, that, that I call it doughiness that you get from the, the two row. Mm-hmm. Um, I can definitely taste that. I get... I get a lot of tropical fruit. <laughs> That's the galaxy. It's juicy, like you said, right? Yeah. It's, you, it's super juicy. It's uh, if you, once you put galaxy in there, that's that's what you're getting. But I wanted it to be to be balanced out by some of those kind of dank, piney flavors, which was the the Columbus. You know, this one's but nine nine three. Nine, yeah, it, it it drinks much lower, which is a dangerous. Thing. <laughs> because I can see myself quickly putting away a couple pints and then going to stand up to go to the bathroom like, oh, no. <laughs> that was not a session IPA. So we'll, we'll see for the, for the, we'll see how this one, how, how it goes. And then for the third one, we may try something else and we may just kind of keep playing around with it. And, you know, if we find one that really seems to resonate with people, then we may oh, come good. back and brew it again. Just, uh, you know, just kind of playing around with it. Everything is, 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 is great. I you know, I feel like in Cincinnati or probably in, in any beer city you get people that say, Well when a brewery opens up, you know, I'm gonna I'll give them six months, I'll give them a year, whatever it is to have them kind of figure things out and then I'll go and I'll try the beer and I'll make a judgment then but anymore it seems like places aren't necessarily needing that as much or don't have that leeway. I don't know what I don't, <laughs> Yeah, I think that used to be a case. So I, I got into the industry in 2006, um, and that definitely used to be the case back then. Is You know, not everywhere had an experienced brewer brewing right out of the gate. It kind of, you know, there's a learning curve. It kind of took them a while to start making consistent good beer, and people, people were patient with it and understanding. I think the market now is too crowded for that. You can't sell somebody a bad six-pack. And expect them to pick up another one. Yeah, there's just too much. There's too much beer out there. So let's let's take a uh, a quick break. We'll come back. We'll talk about how this place kind of started. You know the uh, the the road that got everybody here. I guess because um, you guys have a lot of different stories and a lot of uh, a lot of fun things happening here. So we'll be right back. The voice of Cincy Craft. Where we go from here, we're gonna we're gonna continue to figure out 
as we grow. Uh, we uh, and we don't know the answer. I don't know the answer. Can you have more fun with your clothes on? I don't think so. <laughs> You're listening to Cincy Brewcast, the voice of Cincy Craft. This is Steve Shaw. This is Eric Bosler. Hi, my name is Gamal Nagy. Hey, y'all. This is Sean Willingham. This is Brett Coleman-Baker. Hi, I'm Scott LaFollow. Hi, this is Evan Rouse. Cellar Dweller Craft Beers. Darkness Brewing. Rivertown Brewing Company. Permissible Brew Works. Urban Artifact Brewing. Blank Slate Brewing. Braxton Brewing Company in Covington, Kentucky. In Cincinnati. In Northside. In Hamilton, Ohio. Bellevue, Kentucky. Mar, Ohio. You're listening to Cincy Brewcast. Cincy Brewcast. And you're listening to Cincy Brewcast. The voice. The voice. The voice of Cincy Craft. <laughs> Hi, this is Mike Stokes from Cincy Brew Bus. Cincinnati's craft beer scene is growing, and we want to take you to those locations. Here at Cincy Brew Bus, we love to introduce people to craft beer here locally in Cincinnati. We have an amazing craft beer scene. We have lots of routes to choose from and a lot of different places we can visit. Cincy Brew Bus is Cincinnati's premier and original craft brewery tour. We're the number one rated tour for breweries on TripAdvisor. We're the number one rated food and drink experience on TripAdvisor. And we're also the number two total tour overall on TripAdvisor here for Cincinnati. At Cincy Brew Bus, we provide a VIP tour experience for the novice and for the expert craft beer drinker. We like to take you out, show you how the beer is made, tell you about Cincinnati's rich brewing history, and at the same time, have fun, do some trivia, and drink some locally made fresh craft beer. I look at I look at the Bud Light drinkers out there as a you know a forest to be harvested. They're all out there and, and they don't know any better yet, but they will. You don't you don't ever hear somebody say, Yeah, I used to drink that craft beer crap. But I <laughs> I went back to my Bud Light. You don't hear that, do you? No, you don't. You're listening to Cincy Brickmills, the voice of Cincy Craft. Cincy Brewcast, the voice of Cincy Craft. We are recording live. We are on location. Where I've got to figure out a really good way to say that, but we are at Westside Brewing. And again, I think I mentioned this a couple weeks ago. I don't even know why I'm telling people what we're doing. People aren't tuning back, for, like they're tuning in on a commercial or something like that with a podcast. <laughs> They've been listening the whole time. They know exactly where we are. They know what show this is. They clicked on it. <laughs> I'm a terrible podcaster, if you guys haven't figured that out yet. I just kind of make it up as I go along every single week. Um, so, Westside Brewing. Um, you know, I mentioned before, Tap and Screw was out here. Um, they packed up and left and uh, abandoned all of the people on this side of town. Um, there was another brewery that was looking at this space and trying to kind of make it happen. That kind of fell through for them. Uh, where does your guys' story come in on that? I imagine things were kind of chugging away a little bit before that, but um, you know, tell me the story. How did how did Westside happen? Yeah, well, um, Westside happened when uh, when I actually 
bought a 12-pack of uh, craft brew from Party Source and gave it to my son. What was the Cur- beer? Curtis. Um, it was actually an IPA, I believe, right? Yep. Um, yeah, so and, and so he brewed that for you know for for the first time, and it, it was actually pretty good for just the first time. He took a, a liking to it, and um, we started brewing in his in his garage um, in my backyard uh, over the over the next few months and over the next year or so. Um, and we talked about maybe opening up a, a craft brewery, uh, and then uh, uh, our nephew came. Uh, came along and said uh, there was actually a, a building that might be available over on the west side that uh, we could actually maybe do that if we really want to do it. And uh, so um, we, we called the owner of the building, and he said, yeah, this uh, this other... Yes, please. These, uh, these other guys backed out. Yes, please. Can you come over? <laughs> and uh, so we yeah, we talked about it and uh, thought, well, let's give it a shot, you know. And uh, uh, we uh, talked to Steve and the owner of the building, and... Uh, it, it kind of all went from there. Um, well, when anybody who hasn't been here hasn't seen any of the pictures or anything, kind of a quick description of what the place looks like. It's almost two separate tap rooms separated in the middle by the bar and then a bathroom hallway. Uh, one side is more kind of sit down. There's some TVs, a little bit quieter in theory. Um, the other side, which is where we are, is... Uh, cornhole, giant Jenga, you know, a little bit bigger tables, more community kind of seating, and then the uh, the event spaces or the, the event room is over here, and the brewery is over here. So it's two very different kind of tap rooms, smushed together in, in one. Well, I mean, smushed together is you know, peppered into a, a very large space. And that, that was a hybrid. Really, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was really a a function of the building layout. So. The building was originally an auto dealership built in the 1920s uh, with a few additions thereafter. And when we got the building, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's not exactly a rectangle, but roughly, you know, there's not quite straight angles. Uh, but, um, you know that, Joe. <laughs> yeah. So there's, there's high ceilings uh, towards the back of the building, furthest from the street. So the equipment kind of had to go there because right. we needed the ceiling height. Um, but it, like I said, it's furthest from the street. Um, and so people, when they come to a brewery, they want to see the equipment. Um, but in a brewery or any, really any bar or restaurant, they want to be close to the street as well and engage the street. Um, and then there's also the, uh, the obstacle of two huge masonry walls that kind of cut the building in half as right. well. And so we had to be creative on, on how we designed the space. And so that's how we ended up with a kind of a U-shaped tap room or, like you said, two separate tap rooms. Um, was really by necessity. But it's honestly worked out great because it's, it allows us to block off one side of the tap room for uh, private events of, of any, any sort and then stay open to the public on the other side. Well, and, and one of my big gripes about Giant Jenga, I love playing Giant Jenga, but there's a lot of tap rooms where if they have Giant Jenga in their tap room, it dominates the entire space. You know, you'll be... You know, as Budweiser likes to point out in their commercials, you know, sniffing your 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 peach pumpkin whatever beer, and then all of a sudden behind you there's this horrible racket, and it just completely <laughs> destroys the atmosphere. And um, this helps that <laughs> because it separates kind of that that, that game kind of area, the uh, the large gathering, loud, boisterous, drinking um, atmosphere from uh, kind of the other side, which wish more places had something like that and it's it's neat to see 
as as more and more breweries open up, you know, how they kind of make these spaces happen, and then other people look at it, oh yeah, that's that's a good idea, and then you see it incorporated into the next space, and then you know the next space, and it, it's always shifting and changing, and um, it's fun. So you guys got the space, you moved in, um, construction, everything went 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 fairly quick as far as as a brewery can go. Um, you had Kickstarter, which was uh, successful. Yes, you had three hundred and how many people? Three hundred ninety. Ninety six, I believe. Yeah. Uh, hit hit your goal. You know, you know, far hit your goal. Um, the the Kickstarter was to kind of fill out the tap room. Is that the best way to put it? You know, you know, get yeah, some it, of the. It was really to uh, to to build brand awareness. Um, as much or more than it was to raise money. I mean, we, we, we raised some money there for sure, and, and that helped. That absolutely helped uh, kind of finish out the tap room. But we really wanted to establish our brand, build our brand, and, and like you said, we have nearly 400 backers now um, that all feel like they're part of, part of the brewery. Right. So that, was, that was the intention. Well, and, and you guys have talked a lot about in, engaging this community and, and, and owning the West Side and saying this is, this is where we are, this is... This is our brewery. It's our it's our brand. It's our home. It's it's this is it. It's you know West Side, and um, I think that that's an underappreciated side of, of you know crowdfunding for a lot of a lot of beer. A lot of people, you know, as soon as the next one pops up online, everybody you know, oh here's another one. You know they need our money. They can't do it without us. And um, it's not always that black and white. There's there, there's more to it in engaging people and getting people to feel some sense of ownership to the space you know the names are all um up there on the wall and uh it's their space too so it's it's i don't know it's fun yeah <laughs> so that you know the you guys get open you opened june 30th, 30th, 30th yeah 30th, that was our um, official opening date yeah since then things have been going good i guess yeah it's been going great so the, the tap room's been going gangbusters, you know, really since we opened. Um, and we've been very well received by the community. And, you know, people love the space. They love the beer. Uh, and, uh, you know, we have a ton of Westsiders coming here. But we've also, people have also found out that the West Side is not a foreign land. You, know? <laughs> you don't have to have a passport. It's, right. You don't have to have a passport. We're, we're 15 minutes from downtown. Uh you know, and, and, and really close to almost any area of, of Greater Cincinnati. We're, you know, right off 74. So the tap room has been awesome. And then we launched distribution about a month ago, and that's gone really well also. And I've started seeing the tap handles popping up around town. Uh, I know at one point one of the articles that was written as you guys were opening up, the, um, the, the talk of packaging came up and, Kind of a rough estimate of a time frame was, of course, written about. You know, where is that at as far as cans, bottles, when the, the need official them. date? Uh, <laughs> the official date for canning is TBD. You know, we're, we're still figuring that out. Uh, you know, I, I say best guess it'll be uh, spring. The discussion is happening. The discussion is, is happening. Absolutely, yeah. And and you know we're kind of working the plan and the plan was to focus on the tap room for a few months then launch distribution of kegs for a few months and then do package and and so we're you know we're not trying to get ahead of ourselves and and, and we're really trying to, to figure out what our flagships are uh before we can you know and i think uh 
one of our challenges is, you know, is establishing those flagships. And I, I think that the issue is our, all of our beer is really good. And I'm saying that uh, as an owner, but also as a beer drinker. And, and as we've gone um, all around town on the west side and, and everywhere else, downtown on the east side, um, the, the, the buyers in, in bars and restaurants, they all love our beer, you know, and, and uh, that to me is, is very encouraging. Obviously, obviously all of us sitting at this table like the beer, you know, um, but, but the response uh, from, you know, beer drinkers and, and bar and restaurant owners and managers um, has been, you know, super encouraging for us. And so, you know, we're, we're really excited and we, uh, we're anxious to can, but we're going to wait a few more months here. So is, is that the decision? Is cans over bottles? I mean, I, yes. To me, it's, uh, it seems like that's the way to go anymore. It's the, the, the best for the beer. Yep. I'll submit a vote for the Scottish Ale just because there's nothing else on a shelf regularly like that. Yep. Um, and that, <laughs> act, that actually is one of the ones that, that uh, is our, our, one of our better movers in distribution. Mm-hmm. Um, the Scottish Ale, our Hefeweizen moves well. Hefeweizen moves well, uh, The double IPA, even though we just redid it a week ago, that's already in a handful of counts around town. Um, our stout. Uh, the, the common ale is by far the biggest seller in the tap room. And there's a handful of bars that have put that on, and that's sold really well also. I, I always wonder with something like that how um, how you make something like a common ale stand out on a shelf to people when they're walking up there. You know, are they buying it because they want West Side, and then they go to the common ale, or do they say, oh, I'm, I'm scrolling all these beers, and there's a common ale, I want that. So it's, it, it's kind of a weird, and I'm sure you guys have... Um, if you figure it out, you'll be a rich man. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> if you so, if you learn the secret of that one. Yeah. <laughs> so, so what? What um, myself and James have been doing a lot of distribution and sales, and uh, what what James and I know is that we're not that smart, you know. And so <laughs> uh, when we first started distribution, we, we said, you know what, the common ale is twenty five percent of our sales in the tap room, you know. So when we ordered tap handles, we ordered a lot more of those tap handles than anything else. We take it to the first handful of bars and restaurants, and all of them are kind of like, yeah, it's really good, but, you know, we, we have a lot of similar stuff, and, uh, and, you know, there's more interesting beers you have, so let's carry those. And uh, so we, we started to not take the common ale with us, you know, because we have so many other beers, and you can only take so many beers for them to taste. Um, so, you know, for uh, a few weeks, we just stopped taking the common out. And then a few bars asked for the common like hey can we carry the common and, and James actually tried to talk one of them out of like you know what we have so many other great beers are you sure you want to do the common James. and they they, they they put the common on and it sold like it, it went crazy they they got a half or a six barrel of it and they went through it in two days and immediately needed a half barrel and um, the general manager of this restaurant even was a little reluctant about doing it, and she took a, her owner's suggestion on it. And but they had Bud Light, Miller Light, Mick Ultra, Budweiser, Lyft, Cougar, and I was like, <laughs> "Do you want to add a seventh beer of essentially the same crisp flavor profile?" And she's like, "You know, that's all we sell." <laughs> <laughs> well, exactly. Her, her her thoughts were the same as mine: is that they just have too many, and then they put it on, and it's gone in two days, and they get a half barrel immediately after, and the same thing. So it's we're learning. It's it's a challenge as we go on, and you know, I, and for me especially, I'm I'm not from here. I'm new to this area, so I'm learning a lot about the the, the <laughs> West Side, 
versus the rest of the city kind of on the fly. I, and I live in Fairfield. I don't belong anywhere. <laughs> like, you come to the west side, and you're not a west sider. You go to the east side, you're not an east sider. You're, just, you're, you're above the wall. You're just I live <laughs> in Kentucky, so I really don't belong. <laughs> and I'm from Massachusetts, so I stand out to a lot of people. So, um, Where do these guys come from? <laughs> so as far as... Um, What's coming down the pipeline from you guys? Obviously, distribution is kicking into high gear. Packaging is, is being talked about. Um, we've seen a couple barrel hints thrown out there. Uh, so we're going to see some barrel stuff popping up in the near future. We were filling a barrel or emptying a yeah, barrel? No, uh, <laughs> just filled one a couple weeks ago that we got from uh, Middle West Spirits up in Columbus. So they do like the OYO brand of, right. of bourbons. Um, so got got a barrel um, from them and filled it. We just got one because um, we kind of want to figure out the process and the, you know the exact right beer we want to go in there. Um, and then we'll be picking up more in the future. So uh, uh, put our porter in the barrel um, along with uh, some vanilla beans. So it'll be a vanilla bourbon uh, porter. Fantastic. So. <laughs> Some Indonesian villa, vanilla beans. Actually, we want to emit a little bit of smokiness along. We also we also have three rum barrels from Second Sight Spirits in uh, Ludlow, Kentucky, and we just got those this week. And we're those we're are tough to get a hold of. Yeah, they're tough to get a hold of, and we're still deciding what to put, what to put in those. So those will, those will probably have something in them in the next week or so. Brewed a, uh, a Belgian double this past week that I think will that'll really go well in a rum barrel. So, and that's kind of it's kind of branching out a little bit from the more quote unquote drinkable styles into mm-hmm. some of the other um, the, the nerdy things that I yeah. think a lot of people are, are um, yeah. itching to get a hold of. Um, yeah. So so again, it's it's a little bit more adventurous. There's you know more to the flavor profiles, um, but we're still. We're still going to aim to keep it uh, drinkable and, uh, you know, unpretentious. Like, it's a bourbon vanilla porter, and when you drink it, you're going to know you're drinking, you know, a bourbon vanilla porter. Right. It, it, when, you, when you label it that, it, it definitely puts a flavor into your head. And uh, um, there's, there's some that are a little shy on some of those other sides, which sometimes is a good thing. But when you're wanting that flavor profile, there's a very specific thing you're looking for. And I'm going to be looking for it. Yeah. <laughs> so what about, um, like, sours? You know, we know that you kind of like your sours. We, you know, I don't know how much into the story of, of your, 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 your brewing history you want to get into. but um, Well, uh, you know, I'm just, I'm a beer guy, so I like beer. Period. Uh, so yeah, I, I definitely like sours. Uh, Flanders Red is is my favorite overall style of beer. Um, obviously, a sour beer. So you know, we'll 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 look at that kind of stuff in the future, especially as we kind of start churning through some barrels and kind of stripping the flavor out and get to a neutral barrel. All of a sudden, it's really great for right. doing something like a Flanders. Um, so we'll look at that kind of stuff. I'd love to do a, a really great Brett saison, which is not exactly a sour, but it's you know funky. Um, so, so we'll look at that stuff down the road. But uh, again, you know, if we make a Flanders Red, it's going to be a two-style Flanders Red. 
uh, if we make a Brett Saison, right. you know, the Belgians, they don't they don't hold with this whole style thing so much. But, you know, it's going to be identifiable as a Brett Saison. But to start out, you know, we just wanted to kind of build a, a portfolio of, of really great drinkable two-style beers. But there's there's not a fear there of, of digging into sours when the time is right. I've, I've, I've talked to no. some places like, oh, we don't want to anywhere near anything else where, you know, it terrifies us to think about bringing bread into our brewery. And no, especially Brett. I've got absolutely no concerns about Brett. You know, you just you, you've got to you've got to know what you're doing, um, but no, I'm, I'm not I'm not concerned from a contamination standpoint. No. What else is in in, in the, the pipeline as far as things that uh, are definitely happening that we could talk about? I mean, there's been talk about a, a rooftop deck at some point. Yeah, so the rooftop deck is still in the works. Um, there's a, uh, a a park across the street from us that the city of Cincinnati is investing. I forget the exact number. Four, four million. Four million dollars into doing, doing a park there. And so in our front tap room, the windows all open. They all open accordion right. style. Um, but we plan on adding a roof deck at some point as well once the, once the park is finished. And that, that could start as early as this uh, this coming spring. Four million dollars? Four million dollars. What are they putting over there? It's going to be a, a performance park. So they're going to have concerts. Oh, that's and fantastic. Yeah. An amphitheater. Yep. So if you want a sneaky way to be able to have a drink and watch the shows. Yep. There we go. <laughs> and from from what I understand, they're trying to book, you know, pretty big names for that. So, you know, kind of the the classic rock circuit, like you know, Foreigner and and Sticks and, and bands like that. Right. So, so we have that, and then also when we when we opened, we occupied all of about, our listeners just said, "Who's Foreigner?" Right. Yeah. <laughs> When we showing your age, Colin. Yeah, <laughs> this is where Curtis's singing voice will really come in handy. <laughs> when we opened, we uh, we occupied about seventy five percent of the building, roughly, um, and and the prior tenant, who's the building owner, was in the back corner, and uh, the, the the white wall we're looking at is where that space was. Um, the plan all along was for them, them to move out, and then we take over that space. So we are using that space now for storage. Ultimately, these walls will come down. Um, which will enable you really to see from this whole side of the tap room, even by the bar, you'll see the whole brewery operation much more than you can today. Right. That's where we'll put additional cold storage. That's where we'll put uh, canning line. Um, so we're anxious to do that. that. That'll happen sometime in the next few months as well. When we when we get into package, we want to bring it in-house. So that, that was yeah. where, I, where I got it. Yeah, we may... You know, depending on timelines, we may we may call in mobile canners, but the goal is to do as much of it in house as possible. It's fun stuff, guys. I mean, it's it, you guys have been open for. I mean, so we do the math while well, I count here really quickly. So, July. I mean, less than five months already, and you you. I assume that when you start talking about these things, they are. You, know, you talk about spring, and I mean it's 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 right there on the timeline for you guys. That's um, ballsy. Is that the right way to put it? <laughs> it's ballsy. <laughs> um, what has been some of the uh, reaction from the community? You know, the uh, I, I know that the craft beer community has two very distinct sides to it. There's the fantastic community side where everybody loves everybody, and there's lots of hugs and. Uh, that kind of thing, and then there's this other side where um, people are just absolutely insane and they're jerks, and they aren't afraid to uh, shout it as loud as they can when they have the opportunity to. So, what, what what kind of reaction have you guys seen? 
the reaction has been great. And I'm, I'm not sure if you're referring about among other breweries or the community, but both, in both. both cases, it's been it's been it's been really great. We've had a lot of breweries help us along the way. Um, jump in, guys, if I, if I forget some, but I know Mad Tree, uh, Mad Ryan Tree guys, yeah. Yeah. Brink, um, Streetside, Streetside, uh, Wooden Cask. Um, I'm, I'm sure there's others that have been very helpful for to us. Uh, getting started. Samuel Adam. Adams. Yeah, Samuel Adams. <laughs> definitely Samuel Adams. You know, uh, yeah, definitely Samuel Adams. <laughs> I, I, I keep hearing more and more from places about how helpful Sam Adams has been to them. And I, I know from, from my perspective, with the show, we've had Sam Adams on several times, and they've been fantastic for us. And um, just more and more from Bruce starting up and said, oh, so, you know, we needed this, and Sam Adams was right there to help us. You know, Urban Artifact with their collaboration. I mean, it's just more and more and more you see them shifting some kind of focus into helping this community even though it's not Boston. Well, no, they, gave, they gave us our brewmaster, so. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> uh, for, for, for any of the listeners who don't know, I, I worked at Sam for about four years before coming here. Um, and that was something I always tried to, to get out in the community of other local brewers and say, hey, we have a full quality lab, a microbiologist on staff, like, you know, yeah. hundreds of thousands of dollars of equipment. We will Paradise run. Is, is getting ready to release their first uh, bourbon barrel beer, and they sent it away to the, to the lab at Sam yeah. Adams to make sure everything was right where it needed to be. Yeah. And they, they would yeah. always be happy to run anything for any local breweries, and a lot of times... Just send them a couple growlers, too. <laughs> yeah, that <laughs> helps, you know. Take the first four ounces for your sample and the other six here for you. Um... So, you know, a lot of a lot of local brewers were a little bit surprised about that. But, you know, I say, no, you know, our quality people, they're great. They're happy to help. They're beer people, too. Right. Um, and, and for sure, uh, basically every every brewery that we've talked to and said, hey, you know, can can we talk about this with you? Or, you know, can we kind of go over this issue? Like, we, we haven't gotten any pushback from, from anybody. Everybody's super helpful. Um, and that's that's kind of the way the way the professional community is. You know, we're all we're all after the same thing, right? A great great pint of beer. Have there been any particular breweries that have been especially helpful to you guys starting out? You know, aside from Tam Adams, obviously, but uh, Mad Tree especially. I mean, Mad Tree really Tree. helped us uh, get get going right off the bat uh, before we were open. Um, they did a lot of uh, helped us with a lot of our. Uh, Basically, financial stuff and, right. and getting things going there on that on that realm, and that's that's good to hear. You oh know? yeah, like yeah. you, everybody's kind of standing around, kind of looking at this craft beer thing, just waiting for that moment when you know, the shoe drops, and all of a sudden it's not friendly and it's not happy. And yeah. you catch glimpses of it here and there, but I think overwhelmingly, it's still. It's it's everything that we love about craft beer, yep. you know. It's and I'm not sure we've we've seen even a glimpse of the opposite. You know, I, I haven't seen anything of other than uh, you know just support and, and uh, from the other breweries. So everyone's you know, and I'm sure we're forget we named a few. We're forgetting some, I'm sure, but everyone's been extremely supportive and helpful, and uh, you know, it's it, it's it's really been great. Let's take another quick break. We'll be right back. Cincy Brewcast, the voice of Cincy Craft. Hi, Mike Cisneros here with a word about Brewhouse Dog Bones. 
By now, craft beer fans all over Cincy know the distinctive brown paper sack with a big red bone. You've seen it in great breweries like Mount Carmel, Listerman's, Rheingeist, 8 Ball, Braxton, and more. At just 5 bucks a bag, you know you can't find a more healthful or delicious treat for your best friend made from spent brewery grains, organic eggs, peanut butter, and brown rice flour. But did you know that Brewhouse Dog Bones is an educational program for developmentally disabled teens and young adults? It's available through the New Richmond, Cincinnati Public, Fort Thomas Public, Sycamore, Oak Hills, and many more school districts across southwest Ohio and northern Kentucky. For more information on where to find Brewhouse Dog Bones or how to get your developmentally disabled loved one or your school district involved in the Brewhouse Dog Bones program, contact Lisa Graham at area code 513-520-0310 or visit www.brewhousedogbones.com. Give your dog the craft experience with Brewhouse Dog Bones. Hi, this is Danny Gould from Quaffler's in Greater Cincinnati. Hi, this is Brandon Hughes from Nine Giant Brewing in Pea Ridge. Hey, hi, this is Peanut from Eight Ball Brewing in Bellevue slash Newport. I'm Eric Bauman from Christian Moreland Brewing Company in Cincinnati, Ohio. Hi, this is Mitchell Doherty from Eight Ball Brewing in Northern Kentucky, Newport slash Bellevue. Hey, this is Mike Alberoff from Nine Giant Brewing in Pleasant Ridge. Hi, this is Mike Dewey from Mount Carmel Brewing Company in Mount Carmel, Ohio. You're listening to Cincy Brewcast, the voice of Cincy Craft. We're back. <laughs> <laughs> just, just makes my job easier if I say it like we're actually going to do it. Gotcha. Um, <laughs> it's always hard to transition back in, though. <laughs> so, anybody... Um, that isn't already subscribing to the show on iTunes or Stitcher or Spreaker, Google or whatever your places that you listen to um, podcasts or would like to listen to podcasts, you know, please subscribe, share it with everybody. Um, social media, obviously, you know, the Facebook and the Twitter and all that stuff. You know, just get on there and uh, like us, share us, whatever those things are. Um, uh, just don't do Snapchat because I can't figure it out. Um, <laughs> let's talk about the kind of the bigger picture. You know, what is what is the the measure of success? Is what I like to report it as. What, you know, where is that point that you guys can look at this and say we hit it? This was our goal, and we we nailed it. Now yeah. where do we go? Yeah, that, that's a great question. And I know. You know, there's there's been a lot of uh, craft breweries across the nation being acquired by Anheuser Busch or one of the other conglomerates. We actually want to acquire one of them. <laughs> uh, no, I'm joking, of course. Um, but you know, I don't think we ever want to get super uh, big ge- geographically. You know, we want to focus first and foremost on the West Side, um, and then secondly on Greater Cincinnati, and. Uh, when we say that, it's you know 275 loop and a little bit beyond there, um, and and just brew really good beer for the people in a relatively tight geographic region. We're launching and uh, we're taking our beer to the Commonwealth of Kentucky here in the next few weeks. See, um, so but by that definition, yep, you'll hit your measure of success very quickly. <laughs> we will, yeah, yep. That, yeah, it's, it's, it's easy to be successful if you set low goals. <laughs> Joe. That's, that's what I told my wife. <laughs> no, I, I think, um, you know, I think as far as, as goals related to, you know, uh, barrel production, you know, or, or financial goals or anything else, 
we can hit whatever goals we we need to in this community um and and, and there's always going to be goals so you know we're, we're never satisfied with with um the beer we brewed in the past you know we're always looking to improve but um, for, for each of you you know when, when you when you walk in and you sit down at the bar and you get yourself a beer and you just sit there and you look at this and you're like oh my god like we did it like what? What is that? Is there is there something that you can look at that, that that shows you that, or is it never done? Is it a? You know, I think there's. And you guys can jump in too. I think there's a few things. One, I'd love to. Uh, you know, so I live in in Newport, as does Colin. So we both live uh, in Kentucky. You know, it'll it'll be success to me when I can walk out my front door, walk a few blocks, and go to a bar, or restaurant, and, and have a West Side beer uh, there, uh, and that's coming soon. Um, I think being on uh, uh, pa- having packaged beer on store shelves, um, that's a big uh, 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 a big measure of success for us, and that'll also happen. I think in the next you know three, four, five, six months. Um, so, to, to, so to me, um, you know the the ultimate success goals aren't that far off. Right. Um, and I don't know if you guys. Yeah, what about yeah. I don't know if world domination is a goal of, of you guys. <laughs> well, well, my dom- uh, my my goal is to uh, quit my other job and, and just work here full time. That's a really that's a good goal. <laughs> yes. Yeah. yeah. W- w- whether it's uh, helping brew, helping Colin brew, or helping the bartenders pour beer, or whatever Robin it Fuller's. is. That, that's right. Yeah. That's right. Exactly. Yeah. So that that would be. Uh, success to me yeah I, I think i've already seen our level of su- success by the number of people that are in the tap room and coming up here and people recognizing me from previous lives either in high school or college yeah. and then talking to them about how much they enjoy this place and, and are glad that it's here on the west side of cincinnati colin uh for me it it would be packaged beer and kind of i'm at heart i'm a production brewer i want to come in it's it's fun to play around with new beers but uh, there's something really satisfying to me about coming in and banging out the same consistent beer all the time. So if, if we can get to the point where we've got a couple flagships and we're doing, you know, we're brewing those, you know, a couple days a week and putting cans out and I can take a six-pack home, that's, uh, that's it for me. So kind of along that same line, another question that I love to ask is, is how big is too big? You know, you said you you know world domination is definitely not on the goal. You know, being acquired by Anheuser Busch or Miller Coors, or whatever, is not the goal. So, how is there a point here locally that you know it becomes too big? You know, we we talk to places where you know a very passionate brewer opens up his brewery, and you know six months in, he's in meetings all day and doesn't get to step on the brew deck anymore. Um, it, you know, how 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 big does this get before you're like, all right? That's it. You know, I did that. We're not serving ourselves. We're not serving our neighborhood. We're not. Well, Brian's Brian's not here, so uh, <laughs> he can't answer that, right? <laughs> right, Jeff. Yeah, right, right. No, I think um, you know. As uh, I think of a few different things when you ask how big, you know, when is too big, and, and the one constraint we have is our building. You know, so we're we're we can't really add, add on to this building. Um, so at some point we will uh, outgrow this building, you know, and, and I don't think we want ever want to move here, move from here, um, you know. But at some point we'll need to, to, you know, just think through how we're gonna to hit our production numbers and, and, and you know do all the package uh, 
uh, product we want to do in this location. So I think at some point there will be another location. Um, but uh, as far as the, the team and, you know, and, and you know, I, I don't want Collins in meetings all day any more than he wants to. You know, so we have a fairly diverse team, you know, and we all enjoy different aspects of the business. Um, we have uh, three of the four owners um, are still working other full-time jobs. So as we grow, uh, Jim alluded to it already, as we grow, they could join full-time. And so I think our management bandwidth um, is, is fairly wide. Um, so I think we're, we're set up well to grow. Um, and, you know, as far as when we're too big, I don't know. We'll have to figure it out as we go. But, uh, but <laughs> yeah, we, uh, we actually do have some room to grow here a little right. bit. Not, not much, but uh, um, after that, after that's filled up, then, then we have to look somewhere else. Yeah, definitely. Are we ever going to see food in here? So we do have some food here. So we have we have kind of a small bites menu. You know, uh, we have deli sandwiches from Bridgetown Finer Meats. We have chips and salsa from Avocados, which is a Mexican restaurant down the street. Um, beer, cheese, and pretzels, um, and and some other things that we serve in house. We also have food trucks. Um, seven nights a week we have a food truck or a food vendor who comes in the tap room and serves. So our focus is, is right now at least in the foreseeable future, is to not expand our in-house food much. Um, but we do want to continue to leverage food trucks and other vendors and make sure, you know, if, uh, if you come in here, you know, several nights in a row, you have a different menu each night. Because that's the advantage to me of, of, of leveraging food trucks. Yeah, and, and for instance, tonight is our first food pairing event. Yes. Uh, so we'll be doing that. We'll be doing that, you know, I believe once a month uh, is scheduled on Thursdays and, and uh, having a different group come in and do a different food pairing with our beer um, on those events. How, yeah. can, how yeah. can people find out more about that? Is that yeah, Facebook? I mean, you can see that on Facebook Place, or website. our website. Yep. Yep, absolutely. Yeah, tonight, uh, you know, we have the Babushka pierogies, and I just had a little bit of that, and it's, it's excellent. So it's very good. What do you guys want people to know about Westside that they don't know? That we're here. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. So, so that, that you know, and that you don't need a passport to get here. Yeah, as as busy as we've been in the tap room here, we still run into people all the time. They're like, "Oh, I didn't know you guys were even open." You know, out in the market or whatever. And so, uh, yeah, so letting people know that we're here. Um, our beer is is exceptional, and it's not just us telling us. You know, it's not just us telling each other that. It's people telling us that. Um, you know, one thing that we, that we haven't touched on that I that I, you know, like about us is we don't name our beers. You know, and so uh, I always make the joke rather than call our IPA Dragon Balls or something silly, <laughs> we call our IPA our IPA. You know, and so um, that all goes into. Uh, not being pretentious and just making sure we're we're approachable um and you know we're we're it's part we're of our si- brand yeah right? it's part of our brand we're singularly focused on making really really good beer and i think we've done that to date and we're going to continue to do that well i like the way it kind of situates you guys as west side's brewery you you are the brewery here you you're standing alone right now unless you count 13 below which I don't know if that really counts as the West Side or not, but um. it is west of Cincinnati. So. <laughs> yeah, so. yeah, but it's complicated. That's not yeah, all it yeah. goes into. <laughs> that, that's yeah. true. Yeah, um, 
and and to say you know this is this is West Side IPA, this is West Side Scottish Ale. Like it, it 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 puts a flag in the ground and says here we are, and this is this is who we are, and we you know we're we're here for you know these people right here that do drink craft beer. It's not just Bud Light drinkers on the West Side of Cincinnati. Yeah, no doubt. I mean, the West Westwood community is. Has been uh, very receptive of our of our area here, our, our buildings. Well, it's it's going to be fun to see how you guys help as a as a catalyst to some of the redevelopment that's happening here and that kind of thing. And uh, yeah. that's that's one of the fun things for for me as you know somebody that likes to watch kind of the craft beer movement from these other sides other than just the beer. It's I like to see that development happen around breweries. And yeah, I mean, there's there's a few there's a few shops that are opening up in the next month or so um just down the street and and they you know this area is in, in a you know a rebound a, a regrowth period yeah but I, th- I think if you're looking at it, any kind of uh you know urban relatively urban neighborhood um that's looking to have a renaissance two of the things on your list are, are brewery and coffee shop and a few months after we opened the muse coffee shop opened um, the four million dollar park doesn't hurt. Four million dollar park, <laughs> yeah, yeah. That, that helps out. Yeah, yep, and there's you know, several other retailers that have opened, so um, we're excited to be a part of what's going on here uh, in Westwood. Well, I, I can't wait to uh, to sit down with you guys in a year, in five years, and to to see how all this is uh, changing and evolving, and for probably a lot of things staying exactly the same. I mean, it's uh, I, I feel like you guys have. Have tapped in, well, tapped in, like see what I did? <laughs> um, in, yeah. into something that's that's um, it's very very distinctive. Yet and, uh, it, it, it fits in with this community perfectly, and uh, um, don't change too much. You know, I, there's a couple places that I wish I would have told them not to change too much because mm-hmm. they uh, um, do. So you guys are you guys are right there where you need to be. I'm, I'm excited. Thank you. And, and, and thanks for you. being here. No, we of course. Thank you guys yeah. very much. Um, for anybody that's listening, next week it's a Big Sis show. We um, brewed our, our Big Sis Pilsner down at Braxton again this year. Um, the show is technically this weekend, but you're not listening to this list before this weekend, so it'll be next week when you hear it. And we'll talk to, um, I don't know, whoever's there. We'll talk about all kinds of stuff. We'll do some trivia. We'll give some stuff away. We'll raffle things and all that fun stuff. Um, after that, Paradise will be at their bottle release. I think that's all that I have on the calendar that I can talk about. Fun stuff happening, though. Uh, social media, share it. iTunes, subscribe. All those things that I never know how to do because I'm a terrible podcaster. Do them for me and tell all your friends to do them also. Everybody at Westside, my large panel of people. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you guys very much. The beer is dead on. It's delicious. And you guys are clearly doing something very right here. And uh, like I said, I, I can't wait to see how it grows and changes. And, uh, thank you. Thank you. Thank, thank you. you. Cast the Thanks. voice of Sensicraft. Craft.